Hey, hey, everybody. It's Connor. Happy Wednesday or whatever day you're listening to this brand new amazing episode of Drama with Connor and Dylan McDowell. We've got a fantastic episode in store for you today with the hunky, the talented, the amazing, and super kind Casey Garvin. But before you enjoy that, I want to encourage you to go to patreon.com backslash the drama podcast where for five dollars a month you can join our patreon where we have extra bonus episodes you get access to our close friends on instagram and we are going to be spilling some exclusive details for you about fun stuff to come so you're going to want to actually go subscribe this week because big stuff's coming next week that's your little tease all right well thank you for finding us if this is your first time listening to drama Please give us a follow on all social platforms. Leave us reviews, good ones only, please. And um, check out our Patreon. We love you. And you're going to love Casey. All right, time for the show. Press play. Curtain up an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got none? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, where, where do I find you today? You find me a little hungover. Same. It's a little odd because I definitely got more sleep than usual because of daylight savings. So I'm I'm feeling right. em- embarrassed by that because, yeah. you know, well, I woke up wide awake, like probably eight hours, you know, after going going to bed. As Everyone we do. knows you need your eight hours. That's I a, do. A, rule, a hard and fast rule with you. It's really tough. And I was wide awake, but then decided to go back to sleep and it completely ruined me completely. I, I like, I don't know what, what happened, but I think that once you shut your body back down, it has a hard time getting back up. After it does. Such a short period of time. Especially if you enter REM sleep, but that's a whole other conversation. Okay. You're a scientist. I know. Dylan, Science Dylan, is real. Dylan, listen, it's been such a warm, beautiful weekend in New York, like this, this gorgeous fall weather. You know, we did some like day drinking yesterday and just being outside. Mm. And I went to Brooklyn, hold for applause. So <laughs> it was really, really fun. And I'm, I think I'm gonna go to the movies after this, but we'll talk. That's, so it's like a fun great. little thing. What, what, how's your weekend been? It's been super fun. I went to a- We've barely spoken. I know, which is, which is fun. It gives us something to talk about on here. <laughs> oh, um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a fun thing like last night in Columbus, Ohio, where I am located. The inclusive, it was a gay men's rugby team, but now it's an inclusive rugby team. Had a, a like a silent auction and like a strip-a-thon type auction. Very Broadway Bears, now that I'm thinking about it. Oh, wait. And, I, okay, you're, I'm listening now. Strip-a-thon. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so fun. And I won a silent auction. You did? I did. High roller. I Well, you know, it wasn't that much. I did the math of like how much it would have all been, but it was like this hair care, self-care product basket type thing. It was super fun. Love that. That is yeah. so... And the guys were so hot. Rugby is hot. I feel like it's so like wh- not spoken about a lot. So what were their involvement in it if it was like a silent auction? So why were... Th- where, why they are they curated on these baskets we'll call them packages like you could like bid on different packages okay. and then there were packages on stage honey <laughs> and the the guys were like okay you know, that was that was like such a will and grace joke oh, to yeah, make yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all true though you bid it was a lot of like wealthy elder gays you know waving these like paddles in the air it was fun it felt like a housewives episode when they like go to an event for one of their friends who's hosting something oh like, okay. sonia would be hosting and then everyone would be watching it was really really fun we need to dive into the episode i know because we've been hitting it off we've been having fun and this is one of those people that we've always been like 
What a star. Oh, yeah. Because he's been in everything. And you know his smile. You know his charming, princely looks. He's been on every list of, like, hunkiest chorus boy in town. Yes. But he's a man. He's a leading man. Yes. To to us. To all of us. Yeah. I want to bring him in because if our listeners don't know him yet, they're going to. And he's in one of the hottest new shows of the fall. No pun intended. None. Well, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. But anyway, okay. So our guest today is a Broadway standout currently appearing in the brand new musical, Some Like It Hot, at the Schubert Theater. If you've seen a Broadway show over the last decade, you've seen our guest on stage. He made his debut in Bullets Over Broadway, then has made memorable turns in Disaster, Miss Saigon, as Faye Carl and in The King's Company as the right paw of King Kong himself in that Broadway musical, and most recently covering Stuart in Mrs. Doubtfire. He toured the country as Diesel in West Side Story and appeared off-Broadway in Bear as Jake, Paint Your Wagon at City Center, Chess at the Kennedy Center, along with his castmates, our guest was awarded Outstanding Ensemble at the Cheetah Rivera Awards for King Kong. He was named one of five performers in the ensemble standout featured ensemble members in a Broadway show, and he was named one of Time Out Magazine's sexiest chorus boys in a Broadway show. Dylan, you were right about these lists. Okay. You might even recognize him from the film Hail Caesar and the show Royal Pains. We have long admired this man, and we're thrilled to have him join us today. Please welcome to drama, Casey Garvin. (laughs) Hi. Hello. It's so nice to meet you, Casey. It's so great to meet both of you. You're so wide awake. You're giving off such great energy. You're glowing. (laughs) And I I wish I was was kind of in your shoes because I feel less well than usual. Oh, shit. I mean, listen, I just got my daily dose of validation from that (laughs) intro. Yeah, when you put it like that, it's it feels awesome. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you deserve it all. It's oh, it's really you. great to actually hear from you because I feel like usually I see you dancing away on stage yeah, and everything that you correct. do, correct, kicking uh, my face or mm-hmm. being a goofball down <laughs> down on center. And so, you, <laughs> yes, all of those words that I don't know what they mean. Um, so you, <laughs> I do know kicking my 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 boyfriend is that did dance for a long time, and he would always say kickball change your life or something like that. Yeah, sure. Okay. There's like some that. saying that his dance studio your life. <laughs> That sounds very dance studio. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the very. dance competition, they'd all chant yeah. it. And... Okay, so how are you? What, um, are you well, Casey? I'm so well. Yeah, I'm doing great. It's my day off, so I'm enjoying a, a leisurely Sunday. It's like a beautiful gray day. So after this, I plan on doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> like supposed, I'm supposed to go to the grocery store. And I live in a five-floor walk-up in Queens. Oof. And so the idea of like actually going back down those stairs is pretty impossible right now. So I think I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna hang out. I'm gonna play video games. I'm gonna just chill, go over some understudy stuff and hang out. Oh my Wait, God. What, what video games do you play? Um, I'm a big gamer, G-A-Y-M-E-R. Yes, um, God, yes. <laughs> I started as a Nintendo fan when I was a kid um, and love like Mario and Zelda and all of those. And right now I've been kind of switched to PlayStation. So I play Fortnite like a 12-year-old boy and <laughs> a 12-year-old person, girls and that's true. everyone That's play true. It, video games. But the inner 12-year-old boy in myself still loves playing video games. Fortnite, I play Horizon Zero Dawn most recently, which they came out with a new one. Um, Sounds fun. I'm such a nerd. I love that. <laughs> That's so fun. I yeah. Every time it's like the holidays, I remember being a kid and always wanting the latest yes. Legend of Zelda or whatever the new game was. So every Christmas, I'm always like, should I ask my boyfriend or my family to give me a Switch? Like, do I should I just do it and get a Nintendo Switch? It's fun. I don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, I love like having people over and playing Mario Kart, mm-hmm. drinking games with Mario Kart, where you have to like open the beer and you have to finish it by the end of the the race. I think they call it like no drinking and driving, where you like have to put the controllers down and drink the beer, like very very fratty, but very, it's very fratty. Fun. Oh, Casey, you're speaking to two frat bros. We were in a yeah. fraternity oh in college, God. so you're in you're yeah. good company. But um, our listeners can't see the shock on your face. But did I look shocked? No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I never heard of that drinking and driving game, though. That sounds so innovative. Yeah, it would be hard for the hard. Rainbow Road, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have to like stop and, but it's fun. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Wait, and you said you taught this morning, right? I did. So I taught at um, I teach a group fitness class at Equinox. So fun. Um, and forty five minute athletic conditioning class. It was my pandemic pivot. Like halfway through the pandemic, I was like. I got to do something. I got to figure out what else I like to do, you know, and I have other hobbies that I love. Like I love to write, but you know, in a year and a half, I don't think that I'm going to write the next big American, not great American (laughs) novel. You know what I mean? And so I was like, I like fitness. I learned a lot about fitness during King Kong because I had to be stronger than the show that I was doing because it was so intense. If anyone saw it, it was crazy. And I was on the puppet doing all that. So I learned how to work out there and fell in love with it. So during the pandemic, I was like, you know what? I've always wanted to understand more about working out and about the human body and encourage people just to live their best life and their healthiest life, whatever that means. That doesn't mean like getting absolutely ripped and like never eating. It just means like, you know, moving around and and increasing the good chemicals in your brain, which is why I do it. And so I got my personal training certification. I got my nutrition coaching certification and immediately was like, oh, this actually takes a lot more work to like build your own presence as a personal trainer, especially on social media. Um, You have to like go around and get clients because a lot of the big gyms that will pay a lot require like six months of of previous experience. And I was like, we're literally, it's like January of 2021. Like this actually maybe wasn't the best (laughs) idea. But then a friend of mine, I I reached out and was like, hey, is there a desk job at Equinox? Like I had a membership pre-pandemic. I obviously am not paying that money. Oh, yeah. now <laughs> probably not when the pandemic's done is there a desk job because i'll fully work and check people in for a free membership plus i got my personal training certification so can you can i work my way up the ladder he's like actually group fitness um and i'll train you and i immediately was like oh this is the best combination of performing and working mm-hmm. out because they give me a big old yes. Britney mic and i get to pick my own music and it's like so much fun sometimes it's tiring but it is usually a blast. Oh, that is so fun. It's sort of like different stations. It's for this class in particular that I teach. It's a three rounds, 10 exercises. You get a set of dumbbells and you work each minute on all 10 exercises. And then you do that three times. Oh, that sounds great. Um, and so it can be very difficult. It can be a little more fun. I like to have a balance of challenge and dancing to you know, remixes. Yeah, what was on the playlist today? Um, yeah, tell us. Today, I, you know what? Today I actually went through and tried to find like music that maybe, because normally I'll go with like a disco house. Fine. I'll go with like a pop remix. I'll go with like maybe a little bit of hip hop. I am going to be fully honest. I'm so bad. I'm like the worst pop culture person ever because I like am so bad at listening to current music and my boyfriend's so good at it. So a lot of times he'll like send me oh, things. Oh, that's like, cute. Okay, go on the playlist. Yeah, we balance each other in that way because I'm like, I'll listen to Broadway or I'll listen to like, I love the Avep Brothers. I love like oh, yeah. um, Orville Peck. Oh, like, I tend to listen to like chill, more kind of indie, bluegrass, mm-hmm. acoustic stuff. I love. You might like the new 1975 album. Have you listened to it at all? Okay, I haven't. Oh my God. I am 
obsessed. So they're actually playing at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night, but tickets are like over $300. It's insane, but I'm, I'm obsessed with that new album. I can't stop listening to it. Which Equinox are you at? I teach at West 92nd right now. Oh, I used to work at the Soul Cycle at West 92nd for oh, no way. years. No way, sure. So I'm very familiar with the, uh, the smoothie bar at the Equinox next yeah. door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, got a, I got a smoothie on my way here. Yeah. Uh, my way oh, that, those were good times. I loved it. I love group fitness too, for those reasons. Like it, it also just like is so motivating being around. There were so many working actors doing instructing at Soul Cycle too, because like you said, you get that performing side of it too. And yeah. I don't know. I think there's just something really cool about feeling like you're working with the other people. Because like, I, I actually, because of SoulCycle, I got that Varus app during the pandemic. Do you remember this? I think they read yes. just the Equinox app now. They do, yeah, it's like the Equinox Plus app. Equinox but. Plus. But I did some like Equinox like at home workout classes and they were so yeah. fun. They were fun. Yeah. Gosh, I think back about all the like random things I did during COVID. We had so much no. time. Oh my God. So much time. <laughs> But you mentioned you're a writer. Were you, what do you, what do you write? I do. I mean, right now it's a hobby. I hope one day it's also like a profession, but so I said, I'm a nerd with like the video games. Yeah. I'm also like a fantasy book nerd. You're and I have like company. a Harry Potter tattoo. Yes. I like have a Phoenix on my leg. I'm super nerdy in that sense. Um, and so five years ago when I was doing Saigon, I had an idea for a fantasy series, like huge kind of epic, you know, four book 1200 pages each, you oh, know, yeah. crazy epic Game of Thrones-esque fantasy series. And I was like, I'm just going to start writing. And the characters have predominantly remained the same. And I created a map and I've started creating a language and all that stuff. And it is a work in progress. And recently over the past year or so, I've started like the ideas that I've had, you know, forming for four or five years have started like actually becoming more concrete. And so I have like a bit of an outline for the first book. So I'm working on that. It's a lot of world building. It's like totally fills the creative side of my brain when I'm either unemployed or have the time. And I'm like, how do I fill my day, you know, and still create without having getting paid to do it, you know, because sometimes it's my job. And sometimes it's also my passion. It's always my passion. But sometimes it's more of a job. And sometimes it's more of a you know, exciting, creative outlet. Would you say it's sort of like more Game of Thronesy or more like Lord of the it's Rings? It's like Lord of the Rings-ish meets like a little bit of a steampunk vibe. Like it's definitely like, Ooh. imagine a world that has kind of been destroyed, but the populations of these people have existed in the four corners of this continent, essentially in the middle is kind of destroyed. And so it's like, you know, these people rebuilding their worlds. But then, you know, what happens when technology becomes more prevalent and technology meaning like steam engines and, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. how cool. Yeah. It's also like probably my way of totally conceptualizing like capitalism and how we're destroying our earth and not to get too like political, yeah. but you know, like know, yeah. how do we who are dealing with the repercussions of technology kind of you know, industrial revolution into the technological age, into the age of the internet. Like, how are we dealing with that as a society? And we've seen that now our society is starting to really like, it's taking a toll. So 
I guess it's probably my way of <laughs> therapizing that for myself through creative art. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. I love the themes okay. then. And it's, that's really cool. Well, does anyone read it? Like, do you let no, it, your boyfriend read it? Not even a little or, bit. Yeah. Not yet. It's like, uh-huh. it's such a, uh-huh. it's such a me thing. And also like, some, you can keep this in or not, but like, you know, it's <laughs> definitely a like eat a gummy and like write for six hours mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, and not sometimes it's like, I'll go before a yeah. show and sit at a coffee shop and just create something. And it's could be terrible. It could be, a huge book in 20 years you know what i mean so yeah i hope so oh my god that's so cool i hope so because i it's i'm fascinated absolutely okay wait so tell us about your boyfriend we know him from <laughs> he was in fire island the film yeah he was he was the the speedo boy <laughs> walking down this the mean speedo boy what is it brendan or Brent, um Brayden, because his name is Aiden. Wait, the um, guy who the- is like, who yeah. do you know here? Like, kind of like that type of a character? Okay. Like, um, I, could- I think you're at the wrong party, <laughs> yes. which is so, like not who he is as a person, but... <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> How did you guys meet each other? So we met on Hinge. Um, Ooh. Yeah, the best one. The best one. I agree. So I was like on all the apps. I was on the Grinder. I was on the Tinder. And all of these apps have their place for sure. And at the point I was at, I was like, I think I would like to take a a step up, you know, like I would like to um, go on an app specifically to maybe find someone to date versus yeah. someone to like have fun with or do whatever. Yeah. Um, and Tinder was kind of like, this feels weird. Like it just felt like such an in-between like grinder and hinge. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it's, you can meet people and have connections and sometimes it's not that anyway. So uh, yeah, we met on hinge four years ago and had mutual friends. And I think the thing I liked about Hinge was that you could connect your Facebook and, and you could be like, oh, you, we have oh, 200 cool. mutual friends. Like, great, you're a real person. I can ask people about you. <laughs> right, check your um, references. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it was. we had a great first date. We spent like the whole night talking, which was amazing. And we have been dating ever since. And we took a bit of a break last summer, but yeah, four years ago. <laughs> you're so like, oh, we took a break last summer, but... <laughs> We did. We did. We, you know, the pandemic was hard. Oh my God. It was hard on everyone. Um, and I was grateful that I had a partner to go through it with, but then, you know, moving back to the city, deciding we should live separately. It was tough. It was tough to spend all day, every day with one person, especially because we were with my family. We lived, we moved out of the city in uh, May of 2020, moved in with my family in Jersey, stayed with his family a bit, which was great. I mean, he is from Hawaii. We did stay there for (laughs) quite a bit of the pandemic, so I (laughs) complain a lot. Um, Very White Lotus style. Did you see the cast of White Lotus? And I was Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we took a break last summer for a few few months and came back to the relationship with a renewed kind of purpose to to making it work and and also being like we've we've broken up before. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. We break up again. Like let's just see if this works and see if it's still something that's worth fighting for and and working towards and choosing every day to choose each other. And that's what we're doing. Oh my God. And he just moved in last week to oh my, my apartment. God. You're like, and he's off camera right now, ready to say <laughs> No, no, he's, he's out. When I have to like go on yeah, Zoom, yeah. I'm like, I need the space. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's great. Thank you for sharing all that. I really appreciate your honesty. It's refreshing. Oh, of course. I was saving that for the drama portion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all drama. It's all drama. Yeah, it's all drama. <laughs> oh my God. You know, I was just talking to somebody yesterday and we were having this huge conversation about all the relationships that kind of started either like right before the pandemic mm-hmm. or that people were forced into this, you know, very tight knit intimacy during it. And either they came out stronger or it just, 
didn't work out. But what the kind what we yeah. deduced was if a relationship was meant to be, it it is meant to be anyway. So yeah. you can get through it or you can separate and come back together. Like so I'm glad to hear that you guys are doing well and that um yeah. he just moved in. Where in Jersey are you from? I'm from Ringwood, New Jersey. It's um like forty five minutes west of the city. Okay. And you grew um, up there. But like directly over. Yeah, I grew up there. My parents are still there. Oh my gosh. I got to go home a lot, which is really, really awesome. That's amazing. Is it near Patterson? It's or, not. Or Franklin it's Lakes? Like, Franklin Lakes is like 15 minutes. Patterson is maybe like 25 minutes. I'm mentioning locales I'm familiar with because of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Yes. So similar area, not as affluent or gorgeous. My town is like in the northwest kind of part of New Jersey, which is a lot more like mountainous and hills and lakes and trees, which people don't think of Jersey and think mountains and lakes and trees. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but Franklin Lakes and like where the Real Housewives are, are like 15, 20 minutes from my area. But my dance studio had two locations. One was in Wyckoff, which is basically Franklin Lakes. And so we'd always see like Caroline Manzo's big uh, white Hummer or whatever. She had big white Range Rover uh-huh, driving uh-huh. down and we'd be like, that's her. And <laughs> I think one of their kids grew up dancing. So we okay. at, a, at a rival studio. So we definitely saw them out and about. Same They're area. really real. They're, They're really real. I should have known you were from New Jersey when you said Mario. Mario, Mario. I know. I have yes. to say, oh. there's a, a guy in our cast, Demarius Copes, who's like mm-hmm. crazy talented, so cool. And I had to correct myself because he prefers Demarius. That's his name, obviously. But because I say Mario, I kept uh. saying Demarius, and he's like, "No, girl, that's not right." <laughs> um, and I was like, "God, the accent! I got to get rid of it." <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you're from Jersey. You mentioned you were in dance studios. This yeah. is kind of a great segue into asking yes. you when you fell in love with the arts so we we borrow the term ring of keys from the hit musical yeah. fun home because it's about that moment of recognition where you either saw a performance or you were performing yourself or it could have been just like reading a book or watching a movie and, and you were so sucked in that you realized oh my god i need to make this a part of my life in a big way do you feel like you can pinpoint it to a specific moment or moments when you found that. Totally. I think there are two kind of that stick out. One is as like a child, which when I was, I think seven or eight, I had been acting already, like doing, going auditions for commercials and, and stuff like that. Cause my, my mom, you know, thought that I was a, a goofy bubbly kid, <laughs> which checks. And uh, so like <laughs> found a, a manager in New Jersey and I went on auditions and she recommended I take dance class. And so before I did that, my parents took me to see the Nutcracker I'm at my local dance studio. They put all the girls in caps as like party guests, like, you know, heel clicking and, and dancing in the big party scene of the Nutcracker. And I thought they were all boys. And I was like, oh, look, there are so many boys up on stage. I do, I want to dance too, because I thought that was really cool. And I just also like loved the performance of it. And so I started taking ballet and tap that January. And that's when I was like seven or eight. So that's like kind of the first moment, which was seeing Because of the Nutcracker. Yeah. But then the one that like really was like, I'm going to do this as my profession was when I was, I think, 15 in high school. I had started taking it more seriously. I had started becoming a little bit better at dancing because I wasn't very good until I was in high school. And I saw the West Side Story revival, the 2009 revival, and I was like Mm -hmm. a sophomore in high school. And I just saw all of these guys dancing on stage and they were all such beautiful dancers. And the choreography was incredible. And I was like, wow, I want to be that good. And I had started auditioning around the same time 
and I had auditioned for Westside and I loved doing the choreography so much that when I like went back and saw it again, I could just like, I could feel myself doing it in the room and I could see them doing it on the stage. And I just like, my brain brought those two things together. And I was like, I have to do that choreography. I have to learn the whole show and I have to do it on a stage. And so every day in ballet class, I would just be like standing at the bar, shaking, holding it, you know, like fighting for every move to be like, I'm doing that on stage. And then that was my first like big professional gig right out of high school. And I had auditioned for it, like something crazy, like 22 times or something like that. It was either between 20 or 30, Whoa. but cause I started auditioning for it when I was 15 or 16. Cause for the revival day originally wanted like, kids. I mean, they yeah. were like teenagers. And then I auditioned for the international tour. I got into final callbacks when I was uh, like 17 for some replacements on Broadway. And then it went on tour and I was in callbacks a few times for the first national and got to final callbacks for the first national the summer before my senior year of high school and didn't book at that time, which was like such a devastating loss because I was so close. And then a year later, I booked the tour. Um, and instead of going to college, I went on tour for a year, which was awesome. Well, oh you were meant gosh. to finish. You were meant to finish high school with your friends. I think that's what that was all. <laughs> well, about. ironically, I did homeschool my senior year of high school because I was just like, <laughs> "Fuck this! I'm tired of all. I want to do is theater. I literally mm-hmm. get to the dance studio at like one o'clock every day and just like work my ass off to be good." Was there a particular dancer in West Side Story who you really like w- aspired to be like? Um, I'm trying to remember that cast. It was like Ryan Steele, Kyle oh, yeah. Kaufman, Brendan Simpson was in it. He's doing something like a hop with me. Uh, oh, yeah. Mikey Winslow did it for a while, I think. John Arthur Green was oh, was yeah. a riff at some point. Anyway, yeah, lots of I mean, lots of guys that I've actually ended up working with. Which yeah. Is amazing. Did you see Matt Cavanaugh or did you see Jeremy Jordan or Matt Schengelbecker? I think I saw Matt Cavanaugh because I had listened to him on the recording and was like gagged that I was the dreamiest him in person. I mean, that vibrato, yeah, it's like oh, so yeah. <laughs> crazy. Um, wow, we've never talked about that revival on, the, on the show yeah. before. Yeah. In three years, we've never talked about it. I don't know why. I mean, obviously, it was Karen Olivo's Tony and. Yeah. And, and it was Lynn's first project post in the Heights because I remember right. he helped with, you know, the translations. And then oh, yeah. didn't they have them? They they did the scenes fully in Spanish and then had project like, you know, the subtitles on the sides. But then they went away with that, I think, too. They tried they, it. And- yeah, because I mean, okay. I remember that. I think a lot of people were like, wait. I don't know, because white people suck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> literally. Now it's like, oh, that would be so amazing. Like, everyone would love that, you know? Yeah, I think oh, it's such a sure. cool concept. It is such a cool concept. Yeah, and I think it got less and less um, throughout. Mm-hmm. When I did it on tour, there was, like, almost no... It was, like, interjections in Spanish. Okay. Um, or, like, the end of the Tonight Quartet, maybe. The, yeah. Like, the, 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 uh, the Sharks. Yeah, the Sharks thing. did it. The Sharks mm-hmm. definitely did that. Even on tour, they did it that way. Yeah, I mean, it was such a great production it's interesting how i would receive it now you know if mm-hmm. i went back and watched it to be like oh okay well these things are great and these things weren't to know objectively like maybe what is good and what is not but at sure 16 years old i just was like this well, yeah. is amazing i was like in a blast row of the balcony just watching these boys like dance their face off and now also we'll do like the jet girl choreography <laughs> yeah <laughs> and clearly it was impactful i love that that it made yeah. you really literally want to stop doing high school in person and just dance all the time and, Correct. and just dance all the time so when you sure. so when you booked it and you were on tour doing it you'd spent all those years dreaming of that moment what was it like to actually be in it amazing i mean it was tour in and of itself was such a learning experience but like i remember doing rehearsals the first few weeks that we would rehearse the show. And like, I felt like I just had endless energy because I was always like 
so jazzed about being there. Um, oh. And it was exhausting and it was hard. And there were times where I disappointed myself or felt disappointed because it was challenging and, and it is a job and you have to do this crazy show eight times a week. And so, you know, a couple months in, you're like, Ooh, I would love a day off. Yeah. And you were 18 <laughs> um, or 19, right? Yeah, I was I was 18 when I went on the road and turned 19 a few months later. So like, wow. you know, I still was just so excited by it and so excited to see the country. And I got into a showmance very quickly. <gasps> of course. It. And great, great person. You know, I was also the like a kid, you know, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lessons learned. Were sure. you out already? I was. I came out when I was uh, 17, wow. full, 16 turning 17 fully. Like came into my junior year being like, this is me like over the top because here i, I am boys like, yeah. <laughs> but i had like kind of considered myself like bi i say that in quotes for myself bisexuality is obviously a very real yeah, thing yeah. but for myself i was like yeah i'm bi because i think i like girls and then was like no nah, and that's okay and it was never like yeah you know my parents received it fairly well so i'm lucky for that and my family was very supportive but yeah i came in junior year and was just like that's it <laughs> were you the only boy in your dance studio there were a couple others but i was the only one who really like took it very seriously so okay kind of i felt like i was yeah it was it was me it was me and all the girls and people probably <laughs> people probably made fun of you or they were like how is that is that so cool you know totally i got made fun of more like in middle school elementary school and middle school for it hmm. so that's why i also yeah. like just didn't really love it because i was also getting shit for it but i also like loved musical theater and loved fantasy books and like yeah. loved like Lots of things that, you know, I wasn't playing baseball. I wasn't, sure. you know, doing all the cool stuff, which I'm grateful for. But you're still an athlete <laughs> regardless, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now for sure. Yeah. So then in high school, I, I went to a private school instead of going to the high school in my school district and um, got made fun of a little bit my freshman year. But then I think because I started taking it so seriously and actually got good at it that people were like, wow, this is amazing that yeah. you like have this passion and you are like really going for it. And if they didn't, I would be like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you do like the musicals? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. We did, um, we did you're in town my freshman year and I was That's Bobby fun. strong. Couldn't sing it. Ooh. Couldn't sing it at all. But like a, freshman, at run, a freshman. Run, yeah, I know. I, I was like, I'll wow. Um, <laughs> at the end of run freedom run, when he goes, Oh, yeah. I did a full, like, Oh, way. Oh, yeah. Same very way. high school. Yeah, yeah very high school. Um, <laughs> and then we did Footloose my sophomore year. I played Ren, which was awesome. And then my junior year, we did Forum. And I was Miles Gloriosis, which was a lot of fun. I don't know Forum at all. I don't think oh. I've heard of it. <laughs> is it good? <laughs> it is. It's fun. It's funny. It's like, I don't know how it would hold up now, but it's um, the music's great. Lots of fun, silly, farce, you know, comedy. Nathan Lane. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I've never even heard a song from it, is what I mean to say. But Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. I know, that's kind of a blind it's spot, some, I guess. It was Sondheim's first Broadway credit. He did the lyrics. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Not to cut back to West Side Story, but so you're in West Side oh, Story, sure. you're touring the country, you're in a showmance. Then when did you end up moving to New York? Uh, right after that. So it was in, it was in like August, September of 2012. Yeah. Okay. 2012. God, feels like a long time. Ten ago. years. <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah. yeah ten years in a pandemic. <laughs> mm -hmm, right. Yeah, and I was about to go on the road with Anything Goes because I had booked that on a layoff from West Side, but then I also booked Bear, and yes. I came out to my family with Bear, like with the Bear Pop Opera. 
I like realized mm-hmm. I was gay the Christmas that I downloaded Bear. Like that was that Christmas mm-hmm. where I like came out and wept. I remember that Christmas, Casey. I remember. <laughs> and just was like, I'm gay. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> God, listening to Roll of a Lifetime, yeah. Matt Doyle singing, oh it was like, oh, I feel this. This is me. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was for very... sure. I, for a long time, and I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast before, because we've been doing this for three years, but Bear couldn't listen to it for a long time mm. after that. It was like almost like a triggering sure. point for me of like, because I listened to it and I was deeply closeted. Oh my gosh. But oh, right. beautiful, beautiful music yeah. and story is so good. And that was the production with Taylor Trench. Yeah. Did he do that? Yeah. And, so it okay. became Bear the Musical and not Bear the Pop Opera. Okay. Oh. And they cut some of my favorite songs, to my knowledge. It was not the same version as... The, t- the double disc DVD that you could order yeah. online. <laughs> I was very grateful to be in it. You know, I don't, uh, I don't know if I would have agreed with all the changes that were done. I think the pop opera was really incredible. And I think our show was okay. I mean, it only ran for a month, so I think that's telling. Oh. But like, I got to do the show and I felt like I've done a big classic Broadway show. So do I pick, you know, Anything Goes, which would be like a lateral move. Or do I pick this show that's like got a lot of singers in it? And like challenge myself to do that and work with Travis Wall, who choreographed it. And I got to dance captain for him, which was awesome. And like play a role. Like I played a, you know, I played like the high school bully, which was good for my, you know, 14 year old self. So, okay. So then Bear Bear ended after a month. And then what happened next? Yeah. And then I was like unemployed living in New York City from January to May, which is a huge formative time because that was like the first time I was living in the city unemployed. I had like a cushion of money to sit on from tour, which I was reckless with. I was a little party boy in my early 20s, which I don't regret, (laughs) but drama. Um, Drama. (laughs) uh, And uh, had such a blast. I was going out downtown and was going to clubs and was going to music venues and living my life. And it was just like, I just remember like getting off the train and you know, midnight to go somewhere, which I would never do now. I'm like, (laughs) oh, it's midnight. Why am I not sleeping yet? (laughs) And like, just looking like, you know, the greatest city in the world and Uh just being like, wow, this is amazing. And New York is incredible. And I'm going to like, go meet a cute boy. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go, you know, drink with my friends until 4am and listen to cool music and do all that. And so that's what happened after there. Then I, I did some regional gigs that summer. I did Joseph twice in a summer and it was a blast. I did Joseph I- twice one summer too, but we'll get on to that on a different episode, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you the titular role of Joseph? I was not. I was um Asher the first time and I was Okay. Debulon or one of the other ones. <laughs> yeah. One of the brothers. One of the brothers. Yeah. Um I didn't have any of the solos. I just was dancing. But the second time I did it, I did it up in Algonquin. All twelve brothers were gay. Clay Aiken was Joseph, and we were fighting over his rainbow coat. I was like, this is the gayest thing I've ever done. And was also a blast. That's so funny. And then Bullets of a Broadway came eventually? Yeah, I I had auditioned for Bullets when I was in rehearsal for Joseph Aprogonquit. And went in at 9 a.m. and Stro was there and I danced for her and then went to rehearsal and they called me and they're like, can you come? Can you? Yeah. Can you come? sing on your lunch break and I went and sang and like did a cold read of a side and then they called me back to sing the next day and then the end of the day I got the call that I was going to make my Broadway debut and I was like this is wild that's so fast wild like I wasn't even I was like Broadway's later on like 
I'm going to put my time in. I'm going to put the work in. I'm going to do all of that. And like, just be grateful to be getting to do this fun fucking show up in Ogunquit. And then I was like, oh, an audition for a new show. It's like a workshop that's going to Broadway. I don't know this show at all. And Susan Stroman, she's like huge. <laughs> and then I went in and booked it the next day and was like, geez, that's yeah. what? Like so wow. wild. Broadway called. Um, and it was a joy. Yeah, Broadway called. And I would literally like get released early and just be like, do you mind if I just sit and watch and like, just like sit on the sides and just watch her create and watch these actors make choices. And that's like, I didn't go to school, but I, I just took every opportunity that I could to sit and watch people do it professionally. And like, you're like, okay, you just have to be brave. You just have to make a choice. You just have to like, you know, I mean, it's so much deeper than that, but like, that was my like surface level schooling was like just watching people do it. And that was so many amazing people. I mean, it was Nick Cordero. Yeah. Uh, Helena York, right? Yeah, Helena York. Maren Maren, Maren the late, great Maren Maisie. Brooks Ashmanskis. Zach Braff. Zach Braff. Karen Ziemba. Just stars. It was yeah. crazy. That's such a fun show. We saw the national tour and it was it's one of those things. It's like such a, the Stroh mark was on there completely. It's, I love her work. I'm glad that she's going to be coming back to Broadway this year with New York, New York. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. That seems very strong. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, like a very uh, a very good thing for her to be doing. Um, and she's done so many like smaller, more artistic endeavors over the past decade. I think post Bullets, she took on projects that were a little more like you know soul fulfilling. Scottsboro Boys, right? Yeah, Scottsboro Boys. She did. Uh, off-Broadway, The Beast in the Jungle with Tony Yazbek. Oh, yeah, I remember, I remember hearing um, about that. Which was a play that, yeah, it discussed, I think, like, post-traumatic stress and, and stuff like that. Uh, I can't remember exactly. I had got in for it, and I, I didn't get a chance to see it, but it was apparently a really beautiful, really artistic piece. And so now she's back on Broadway, which is amazing. Yes. And she did POTUS, too. Oh, I of course. Which was hysterical. I don't know if you got to see it, but it was so good. Oh my God, Casey, we tried, I think we tried to book every single actor who was in that show to do oh. a podcast. It just never, it never yeah. quite worked out, but we were, I laughed yeah, my ass so off. Good. It was so fun. What a little cute nugget they snuck, snuck in at the end of the season and like yeah. ran for the summer, but, uh, and now you're in that theater. Wow, you're yeah. in the Schubert. Yeah, we are. Have you ever done a show at the Schubert? I have not. Okay. Not. It feels like Broadway. Yep. It feels like Broadway, right? (laughs) Like I've done. I did. Bullets was at the St. James, which was my first Broadway show, and felt like one of the most like quote unquote Broadway shows that I've done. Um, and it was right in there, you know. And then Disaster was at the Nederlander, and then Saigon and King Kong were at the Broadway, which is on Fifty Third and Broadway. I love it up there. I like, yeah. you know, the theater is, is fine and it's great. And you have to really sell the show in order for yeah. it to run there. Cause it's so huge and it's so far away, but God getting off at the 55th street stop off the end or the 57th and 7th stop mm-hmm. and having great restaurants and bars around there that aren't packed with like tourists is amazing. Okay. But that being said, getting off and going to work and like seeing people lined up for every show around the corner and like walking out into times square, like, it certainly does feel like a Broadway show. And the yeah. show is like, I'm so excited for y'all to see it. It is like such a Broadway show. It is so fun. It's so fantastic. The score is unbelievable. Well, they're my favorite. Shaman and Whitman are just un- are unreal. They're brilliant. Mm-hmm. They really nail eras so well. And so I'm really yeah. glad they're doing this Prohibition vibe with yeah. with this. And of course, there's a song from Smash, which it, everyone is talking about Let's Be Bad being on Broadway. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard it's the <laughs> F2 opener. Is that a spoiler? It to say? is. 
No, I don't think so. Um, I play a, a role. I play like a gangster named Mac. And so I'm him for, I'm in the opening number and then I'm him for all of act one. And I come back as him again in act two. But so I'm not in a few of the numbers in act one, but that's one of the numbers that I am in in act two. Um, and there's four of us guys and four ladies dancing with Jay <laughs> and uh, okay. the character Osgood. But yeah, we go, we go to Mexico as of right now. Yeah. You know, we've still got six weeks of previews, so that could change. Wow, that's a long preview period. We have Thanksgiving near the end of it. So there's going to be like okay. at least a half of week that we don't have any rehearsal time. Mm-hmm. So I think the goal perhaps is to be frozen around the Thanksgiving time with like the little things that we can still change after that. But I mean, we literally had 52 new script pages on Thursday. It's just a crazy process. So exciting. And that was like, what, the third or fourth show? Wow. Yeah, we had invited dress on Monday, first preview Tuesday, second preview Wednesday, and then we came in on Thursday. And they're like, all right, we got to trim some of the, you know, some of the extra. And it's like the best part of a process is you get to see the like giant molds of clay that the show is, and then you get to watch sure. it get cut down. I'm glad it's going to be a Broadway musical because the film itself, you know, the classic is musical yeah. in, in its way. And it's such a funny movie. So I can't wait to see it on stage. And you're having fun, right? I am. The cast is fantastic. The The whole team is fantastic. It has been a joy, honestly, to put up, which is great. I mean, it's like you get certain jobs that are some feel like Broadway shows and like really the reason that you went into it in the first place. And some of them are jobs and are more work and aren't as good or aren't as don't have teams that are as cohesive and, and that's okay. And you find your way and that's just part of the business. But this is one that since we did a workshop in 2020, I was like, this is going to be good. The music in and of itself, when we did it in 2020, I was like, I could listen to this all day. Getting to listen to it eight times a week. I'm like, I can't imagine a time where I'm like bored of this music. It's just so uh-huh. cut to me in February being like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is so good. Are y'all doing the Macy's Parade? We are. Yeah, okay. I'm not. I'm not in the number that they're doing, but they will be performing. Have you ever done it? No. I was like, <laughs> it's the one, it is one of the things that I have not done. And it's like such a great number that yeah. every night too, I'm like, oh, I wish I was in it. And I was like, there will be three moments that I'm sad. I'm not in that number. First preview, opening night, and the Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> Every other day, I'm like, they're exhausted. They are working. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they're doing it at the Thanksgiving Parade, it means they won't do it at the Tonys then. So yeah. usually, usually that's the I case. think so. I think so. I have a feeling I know what they're going to do for the Tonys. I could be wrong, but I think I'll be yeah. in that unless they go with a particular star number. Okay. Really sure. spectacular. I love how you're. You, oh my god, you're giving me you're so giving excited! You're giving us like these little like scoopy tidbits here. I love it. You're being so oh, like <laughs> open. I'm, I'm I'm obsessed. Um, well, really quick, I just want to say we did see you in King Kong and Miss Saigon, your your Broadway theater shows, and fantastic in both. I cannot imagine being in King Kong. That was a spectacle. I mean, yeah. were you dead tired by the end of it? Was that more exhausting than being in like every single dance number? Like maybe well, most dance numbers like in Sun Like It Hot. Yes and no. I think when you've got dance numbers that are so cardio heavy, like in Some Like It Hot, those hit your body differently. Whereas with King Kong, I got to a certain point where I knew I had to get stronger than the show, and I did. And I was on the puppet doing one specific motion, really. So it was physically very taxing and was exhausting. But near the middle of it, I really felt like I built a stamina 
Whereas I think with dance numbers, sometimes you do build that stamina, but it always is kind of what it is. And I think because Kong was more strength-based than it was cardio-based, it was easier mm. to get better than the show, to get to get more acclimated to mm. the show. Versus when a number is like cardio-heavy, like Casey's stuff is all such big energy, that hits different. You know, that is harder to do. It might not hurt the body as much, but it, it does take a little bit more energy than just like lifting the thing up and getting used to like the certain a certain level of athleticism but also i could be wrong because i was just like always in pain and always exhausted so both have their their ups and downs for sure yeah well it was truly a, a remarkable either you saw it or you missed out yeah. type shows and so congrats on oh, that thank you with king kong in particular um and saigon of course was amazing but we did we did see you though in doubtfire which oh. connor and i on the record loved and had so much fun at Thanks. you weren't on as Stuart. i think you went on like the next, like, I think we missed seeing you by like a day or oh, something. Oh, no way. I actually, mm -hmm. I just saw my time hop that I made my principal Broadway debut as Stuart a year ago today, which wow. is wild. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Um, <laughs> I can't believe it. It's been a year. Yeah, that's crazy. It's so much has changed too. In yeah. the last year. I mean, like you walk wild. out to Times Square and it's fucking packed now. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. New York is absolutely coming back, which is great. Last thing before we move on to Dose of Drama, but what's like, you've done so much like on the stage. What's your dream outside of maybe doing a Broadway show or maybe within a Broadway show? Like what's your, what's your next big dream? Yeah. I mean, my dream in terms of Broadway is like to really start doing roles consistently. I would love to like get a play. I would love to, you know, get a, a leading man role of some kinds. I don't know if I, you know, I do fit into certain boxes for sure, but I look forward to maybe getting to create some new new materials as a leaning man and as a role. And so I think yes. um, I got to do Stuart understudy, uh, which was a smaller role, but had a song. And then uh, in yeah. some like it hot, I'm covering Christian Borel, which is huge. And that's like such a learning opportunity for me and, and a huge role to cover. So I'm hoping that I'm continuing to climb the ladder and that they'll trust me and, and see that I have the capability to play my own role. Um, and oh my God, if you, when you go on for Christian, I've got to come over and see for I'll, sure. I will absolutely be posting the <laughs> shit out there. I'm going to try to get everyone in New York City to come see that. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of like big goals, I mean, I would love to do film and TV. I would love to, I would love like a really fun, goofy role on a sitcom that runs for five seasons, you know, that mm -hmm. is like a fun group of characters that has meat to it, you know, and I would also love to do film. I mean, I would die to be a gay superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, uh, like, give me that gay Superman any day. <laughs> you could be. You, you fit the part. Thank you. I do want to, like, also bring my queerness and my gayness to uh, to that, to mainstream. Yeah. I, I see I see things happening for you, Casey. I do. For sure. I mean, you've already got oh, so much going you. on, but thank down you. the line. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been so fun. Before we go, we do end on a dose of drama. It's like a pop culture recommendation. It's something you want to rant about, rave about, share, you know, anything you've been consuming. And I have been consuming the most recent season of American Horror Story. Now, I said I was not, I was quitting this last season and also the season before and the season before that. But for some reason, they always hook me in. I don't know what it is. Mm. And I have to say, I think this is their best season that they have done in years. It's amazing. It's like, the theme is New York and you're kind of like, what's the hook here? But the hook is that it's in the tradition of like 
seven or um zodiac like it's it's more of a crime thriller about people who are being killed gay people specifically mm-hmm. in the early 80s and it's it's not i mean it's of course ridiculous in some ways like american horror story is and like horror is in general but it's the most grounded season they have done in forever and it's highly like entertaining and so many gay actors and can't can't recommend it enough it's really good. Have you watched it, Casey? I haven't. I'm, I'm such. I'm such a goop. Um, I don't love horror things. <laughs> okay. I did the first three seasons of American Horror Story and thought they were okay. great, but definitely had nightmares for days. Right. No, so, that first yeah. season especially was so scary to me. Like, oh what's God, scarier Murder than House, a haunted house? The second one really fucked me up. Yeah. The asylum, yeah. but it was so brilliant. They've yet to reach that level of horror. I think it's become a little bit yeah. campier in the yeah, years that have followed. The seasons. I mean, you have a bunch of friends on this season. I'm. I'm you'd recognize everybody on the show. It's. <laughs> I should. I should go give it a chance, especially to support. Right, like you said, yeah. like people working in New York City. And- <laughs> yeah. No, it's like really good. Honestly, I was kind of shocked at how good it was. Um, yeah. So yeah. many hot guys too. That's mine. And Joe Mantello is Absolutely. on it. Absolutely. Who is you know a direct, direct yeah. Wicked, of course, but yeah. has done. <laughs> Yeah, many amongst other things. He's a brilliant actor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think he did the normal. Did he do the normal heart? on Broadway a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing on it. I love that he's entered the the Murphy verse, whether you love it or hate it. He's people yeah, are getting correct. work. So <laughs> right. you know. a lot of it can be very uneven material, truthfully, but this is really it's solid. Yeah. It's solid. Sure. I totally agree, Connor. I've got a um queer book recommendation Ooh. for those who are like lovers of fantasy or sci-fi. Of course. It's called The Prey of Gods. Okay. okay. And it's like an Afrofuturistic sci-fi love story sounds fun and it's so gay and so queer and <laughs> so fun and amazing and it's a quick read it's an easy read she's a black artist uh i'm trying to like you know so much fantasy is written by cis head white uh-huh. men that i'm trying to make my bookshelf you know as wide array as possible so i do recommend the prey of gods it's so fantastic okay i always read the books that our guests recommend so dylan always yeah, does okay. always. so i'll definitely get yeah. it I'll I'll buy it from a black owned bookstore. There's this great website called yes. bookshop.com that will do that and they'll oh, ship it awesome. to you from a black owned bookstore. That was like a pandemic find. Even though you have to pay for yeah. shipping, it's like nice that the money's actually going towards the bookshop as opposed to Amazon. So totally. you know. period. Dylan, do you have a dose of drama? This is maybe just a pet peeve. Okay. Okay. I've been going I've been dealing with this lately. You make plans with a friend and you say, I'm free Tuesday night. Let's totally hang out. And then you follow up the night before and you say, Hey, what did you want to do? Do you want to maybe watch a movie? Do you want to just chill chill at my place? Do you want to go for a walk? And they reply, anything works with me. I already provided the suggestions. I then have to make the decision (laughs) of what we're going to do when I put the ball in their court. I Mm. wish that people, and myself maybe included, could be a little bit more decisive because I suggested all those things because I would have been down to do it. So you tell me which one you want to do, you know? I don't. I think you're also such a people pleaser, too, that you just, like, want... You'd rather do what they mm-hmm. want to do anyway. Well, right? Should I have said Tuesday night, let's grab dinner? You know? Or I mean, Tuesday night, let's go just hang out at my... I don't know. I feel like saying, what do you want to do, blah, 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 you should give two responses back. Like, oh, well, I could either go for a walk or watch a, watch yeah. a film, you know? watch a movie at your yes. place and then it's like okay well then let's meet at the park and we'll go walk around. yes or okay then come on over and then you're like great mm-hmm. i gave you two of those choices and then you get to make the final decision yes thank you i completely agree i'm with you dylan though i know that is that can be so annoying i'm just like oh is it hard to like have a social life while you're in a broadway show i, I feel like i've never actually yeah. asked that question on this <laughs> podcast before <laughs> yeah absolutely like 
my real life drama tea would be like, yeah, when you're putting up a new Broadway show, you kind of don't. I mean, some people are very good about going out with friends on Saturday night before a day off. Like, I just don't really have that capability anymore. I like so much of my like me time involves doing things that I have to do, like laundry and getting groceries and all the random shit, you know, helping my boyfriend move into my space and make it our space. It's hard to have a a life outside of that because you're working literally from noon to midnight every day doing like physically and emotionally taxing work. And luckily when you're in previews, it is both harder because the material is harder. You're getting new material, you're learning new stuff. Sometimes you rehearse it all day and then they're like, hey, we couldn't tech it. We're doing the show from last night tonight. This new stuff will go in the show tomorrow. So let's actually just go back and, you know, so brain wise, emotionally, it's crazy, but you have a bigger break in between. Okay. So like 4.30 to 7.30, I can go do the things that I need to do. Since in the morning, I'll like hang out, I'll read with my coffee, I'll go for a walk, I'll do whatever I need to do to then be mentally okay to get to rehearsal. But when you're in tech, you're there from 12 to 12 with an hour and a half dinner break and it's just intense. Oh. And then, you know, rehearsals are rehearsals are great, but rehearsals are exhausting because you're learning the show. Your body's not used to it. You're, you know, you're rehearsing from 10 to 6 every day. You're on all day. You're, you know, that though is easier to be like, yeah, let's get dinner after rehearsal. Like I might be a zombie, but at least I can see you. Or let's get a coffee on my lunch break because I have the energy mm-hmm. to do it. But then once we open, we go into the holidays, which is intense. But then in January, like a show schedule I think is pretty fantastic. You've got Monday off. You've got most of the day Tuesday off. You do two on Wednesday. As an understudy, I'll probably be in rehearsal Thursday and Friday before those shows. But then I have two on Saturday, an easy Sunday matinee, and you've got all Sunday night. So you've got lots of time to have a social life and to see people and to have fun. But putting up a new show is very mm. challenging. Oh, it sounds so stressful, but but exciting. I'm sure that once it'll it's be worth it. Exciting and lovely. Once you're yeah. through it, and it's, it's worth it, yeah. especially when you really love the show. Yes. So it's like makes it easier to see how the show gets better and that it's received well. And like some like it hot's getting a lot of really great mm-hmm. feedback. So it's like okay, dope. Like this is worth yes. it. Versus being like, okay, yeah, it's just like. <laughs> Let's get open so that we can just be running the show and doing mm-hmm. our job. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm seeing the initial reactions and people are loving it. So I can't wait to get yeah. in there and see it. And it's going to be an exciting Broadway season. And I have high hopes for Some Like It Hot. Casey, this was Dang. such a delight. I Like Connor and I have said, we have loved your work for years and years. And it's just always such a pleasure to meet the person. And they're just as amazing as you hope they're going to be. So Thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. It's been such a joy. Yay! Oh, yay. And we will <laughs> definitely let you know when we come see Some Like It Hot. Yeah, please. Because it's at the top of our list. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm yeah. waiting till Dylan comes to town to see it because I okay. think it'll be fun We'd to like see We like to see the new musicals so, together. It's totally. <laughs> well, everyone should follow you to keep up. So when you go on for Christian or even if they just want to see what you're doing when you're teaching at Equinox, at Casey Garvin on Instagram, right? Yeah. That's it. Easy. Boom. Everyone should follow us. We're at the Drama Podcast. Connor's at Connor McDowell. I am at Dylan McDowell. Casey, you are so lovely. We will meet you in person. Yes. Soon. Absolutely. And Connor, I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.